Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business on Money FM 89.3 is brought to you by Zero. Try Zero free for 30 days by visiting xero.com. Terms apply. Zero, beautiful business. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker, Bharati Jagdish and Ryan Huang with you. Time now for Mind Your Business. And you know, when you try to expand your group in Singapore, let alone Southeast Asia, imagine doing that during an ongoing global pandemic. The challenge must be so high. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, of course, we know that the impact of COVID-19 has been unequal. Uh, Some industries are actually thriving. So the obvious ones, such as technology, IT, Mm. communication, so on and so forth. Uh, But this was something that didn't rise to my consciousness immediately. Dental care. Right. Uh, that's exactly what homegrown dental group, AuraCare Group, is actually striving to do. Uh, they currently have 40 clinics across Singapore, Thailand and Indonesia and added four new clinics last year in spite of the unprecedented challenges brought about by the impact of COVID-19. Yeah, so they are backed by White Cloud Capital. The experienced healthcare investor has invested significant capital into creating and developing the group over the last five years through both greenfield developments and mergers and acquisitions to create one of the largest dental groups in Southeast Asia. Now, with international standards of clinical and corporate governance led by a professional management team and infrastructure to support its continuing expansion, the local dental group is eager to continue to fly the Singapore flag high in the region. Wow. Indeed. And to tell us more about their expansion plans, we're joined now by Andy Kropp. He is CFO at AuraCare Group. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. Thanks for the now, intro. Andy, Andy, to put this latest development in context, your expansion across the region, I understand that AuraCare was established by experienced healthcare investors, saw the potential for dental collaboration across Southeast Asia, and now you're indeed putting this into motion. Tell us more about the then before we talk about the now, your foundations. Sure, sure. Well, I guess the dental industry globally in markets such as the US and Europe has been consolidating for many years now from what was a traditional mom and pop industry to one where now there's groups with sort of 500 plus clinics. The drivers have been the pain points that are experienced by clinic owners. You know, they, they, they want to work as, as clinicians and focus on their, their patients, but they have to grapple with operational, financial, administrative issues that come with the business. And also such as, you know, managing social media accounts now, for example. So all of these administrative aspects are just increasing the time taken away from their their core passion. But that consolidation is relatively nascent in Southeast Asia, but the same drivers exist. So in Singapore, for example, there's maybe up to 900 dental clinics, but it's estimated that still 80% or more are owned by individual dentists. And that dynamic is is similar across the Southeast Asian region. So our investors, White Cloud Capital, yeah, they they recognised this several years back, uh, along with other macro drivers such as ageing populations and growing middle-income demographics. And they invested here in 2016 to create a leading dental platform in Singapore, but then leverage from the strong reputation that Singapore has for quality healthcare across the region. 
and you know that's that's how we started. Mm. Everyone wants to have a nicer smile for sure. I mean, Andy, you guys, uh, Oracare Group, managed to thrive amid disruptions from the pandemic. You guys opened two clinics last year. Before we get into the fine details, I mean, what does that say for the demand of dental health in the region and in Singapore in particular? Yeah, I think dental and, and healthcare have always been industries that investors would say are, are resilient in downturns. Mm. No. No one has ever seen a downturn with such sort of immediate consequences as, as COVID. And so that's been a real test case. And, you know, it's been as you know, tough across many industries. You know, during the circuit breaker, for example, we were we were down 90% in Singapore, but we were grateful for the 10% that we could keep coming in, okay. but also grateful for being an industry that really did bounce back quickly, you know, and Possibly even even more so post COVID, there's been a trend for people sort of focusing on more on their sort of health and well-being more generally, and you know that that's that's played out in dental. Uh, the thing is, Andy, we know that uh, the impact of COVID-19 has been unequal uh, across the board. Some industries are thriving, others are suffering. So you did mention that, you know, this arena is thriving to a great extent. But I'm sure not without some fundamental changes to how you operate. Uh, for example, in the medical services industry, telemedicine has become a big mm. thing. Uh, what's happening in your arena, in the dental care arena? Yeah, so just building on that last point, we were all in survival mode during COVID, but, you know, the strength of being part of a group has been, you know, whilst in Q2 last year was, was Singapore's real tough spot. In Thailand, it was a relatively strong period. Fast forward a year, the last couple of months, Thailand has had its, its toughest period to date with a lot of ongoing curfews and more closures. So there's, you know, there's been a, a benefit of, of being sort of spread across the region as a group. And then to, to, to the question around you know, how we've evolved, I mean, we've long been looking to enhance the overall patient experience within dental. It's a pretty traditional industry. And digitizing the patient experience has been one particular focus. And teledental has been something that the consumers have really appreciated during this COVID period. Clearly, it's not the same as a lot of situations still require patients to turn up at the clinic and be on the dental chair, but there's also many situations where it's much, it's much more convenient uh, when that's not required to, to have a teledental appointment and mm. avoid the need to travel to and from the clinic. Mm, I, I, I love it. It's uh, very out-of-the-box thinking. And uh, Andy, I, I remember earlier in our conversation, you mentioned something like 80% are still independent-owned uh, dental clinics here in Singapore. Am I right? Yes. So there's still a lot of consolidation right. opportunity here and, in Singapore. And, and one way of thinking out-of-the-box, I understand, is you guys are partnering with smaller dental clinics. Tell us the mechanics of it. How, how does it work? Yeah, so... If I, if I give a kind of couple of examples, there's for, say, individual clinic owners, it's really as simple as removing those pain points for them, you know, taking away the need for clinic owners to have to spend time on dealing with people on MC, last minute, finance, HR, etc., and enabling, you know, better cost synergies as being part of the group. So that's for the individual clinic owners. Then at the at the other end of the spectrum, if I give Moz Dental businesses a case study, that's our Thai business. 
it was a full family affair run by founder, his wife and his brother. Right. They, they covered all aspects of the business. They had 14 clinics, but they had no corporate infrastructure, no formalized processes, no accounting function. The whole business just went through a single bank account. And they realized they'd hit their glass ceiling in terms of their management capabilities. And the reason for joining forces with Oracare Group was to provide that, um, that professional management and help them get to the next level. So it's not about, we'll just buy your business and thanks, thanks very much. It's, it's, it's about empowering the individuals, the entrepreneurs to take their business to the next level. And with them, we've, um, we've put those systems and processes in place and we've got behind them and invested with them to, to help grow their business to now 23 clinics. Mm. I think one of the worries always from that arena, that group of businesses that are considering uh, collaborating with larger businesses, is that, you know, the experience will be diminished. You know, we won't be a personalized outfit anymore. A lot of decisions will be taken out of yeah. our hands. Uh, how do you manage that, striking that balance between uh, having these smaller entities under your wing, yet not diminishing the uniqueness, the unique offerings of those entities? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And for us, it's, it's, it's always been about putting our patients and our people first. And if, you know, if we get those, if we get those aspects right, then, then the business will, will flourish. It's about working together, not dictating what, what the business is, must do that, must use this equipment, um, must, must follow this, this procedure, but it, it's about best practices. And every time we join forces with, you know, with another business, the, the learnings are, are two way. So we, we all evolve together. And, you know, for, you know, for those, for the, for the clinic owners, they're typically entrepreneurial people and not ready to sort of, you know, give away their baby, so to speak. And, and, and that's not what, you know, that's not what joining Oracare is about. It's it's really about you know getting behind them and helping them uh, take their business to the next level, uh, and empowering them and, and giving them that support so they don't have to take on the world on their own. Mm. Well, Andy, what about the flip side of that equation, where the smaller business looks at Oracare and has an expectation, an expectation to to grow their business by a certain amount of time, a certain length of time? Do you guys face that sort of pressure? Yeah, and what we're able to do there to help is, you know, we, we've got more of a sort of integrated offering. So I think we touched on our dental supplies business, um, A to Z, dental and medical supplies. That, that's one of the areas where we're able to reduce costs as a group for, for those clinics because quite a large portion of expenditure is on, on dental consumables and equipment. And then it's around the operational optimization just to help those clinics run more smoothly, you know, dealing with issues as they come up. And, and that will result in, in improved performance, particularly with some of the, the systems that we have in place, the clinic management systems that, that, that help optimize patient bookings and, and dentist time. Right, those efficiencies can be very valuable indeed. You touched earlier on expanding amid a pandemic and some of those challenges. So I know that you have great expansion plans in the region moving forward. Tell us more about these. Uh, which markets are ripe to be tapped into? Yes, um, so I think the, you know, our expansion is, um, you know, is, 
going to be, you know, primarily or in the first instance in the existing markets that we're already in. So um, there's a lot of room for expansion here in Singapore, in Thailand and, and Indonesia, where we've we've got a footprint, but, you know, huge market there to expand into. So M&A and organic growth within those three markets um, is, is one aspect. Then we're also looking at expanding into to new markets as well. And one in particular, which I won't specify because it's, it's still confidential, but we were approached by the market leader in that market who'd seen what we'd done with Moz Dental and, and frankly asked, can we help do the same with them? So, you know, that's, that's a conversation that's, uh, it's been long, long running so far. I guess the big challenge around M&A at the minute is obviously you can build relationships over the phone, but it's very difficult uh, unless you can do face to face and the lack of travel has, uh, has hampered that. But next year, hopefully freer travel, we that's through the pipeline. And then there's a second model that we, you know, that we have, which is uh, less sort of bricks and mortar model, but it's one that was developed by our team at Expat Dental, which is more of a, what is known in the US as a, a DSO model or dental support organization. And that's a model that we've used to engage with Tower Dental in Indonesia. In essence, it's, it's a full playbook for running a high-performing dental clinic where we help them everything from site selection, design of the clinic, which equipment, patient flow, and, and now that it's up and running, marketing and continual clinical support. So that's the second prong that uh, we're using for expansion. Uh, it's an asset light model. Uh, and through that model, Expat Dental are looking to expand into a number of tier one cities in, in Asia over the next year or so. All right. Thank you very much uh, for telling us all about that, Andy. I understand you also have a dental equipment and supply business segment, so it's quite diversified too within the dental care segment. Uh, thanks for joining us, Andy Krupp, CFO of AuraCare Group. Thank you very much. Mind Your Business on Money FM 89.3 is brought to you by Zero. Try Zero free for 30 days by visiting xero.com. Terms apply. Zero beautiful business. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.